The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. It's the show where we tell the voices of your city through the stories of your city. It's, that's actually backwards. It's my first podcast of the morning, so cut me some slack. Let's do it again. It's the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city and many cities. Oh, we do all kinds of stuff on this show. It's wacky. We're going to talk about LinkedIn today. Are you on the LinkedIn, kids? I bet you are. We have a coach, an expert, some, someone that's going to tell you how to maximize the ability to get what you want on LinkedIn and make, as, as he says... Do more amazing things. Be more amazing-er than the competition. Isn't that right, Mark Halpert? And by the way, welcome to the show. Am I pronouncing amazing-er correctly? I have more experience saying it than you do. That's all. <laughs> right. So welcome to the show. And by the way, if you like this show, everybody, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your shows. And by the way, if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. To get started, we produce podcasts at our Westwood Mass Studios or many of them remotely. We'll send you out a microphone. All right, enough of that rambling and stuff. How has your pandemic been, uh, Mark? I, I think it might be over. I don't know. Tell me. I'm not so sure, but I am <laughs> seeing a lot of life out there. People are moving around. They are not only changing their jobs, they are also changing their services. They're mm -hmm. becoming more amenable to the new now, hashtag new now. And I'm seeing the LinkedIn world exploding. And I, I have to tell you that the pandemic has been the best thing for LinkedIn. It's put more people focusing on connecting with really quality people all over the place. So I've been on LinkedIn for a long time and like many have had kind of off and on moments with it, moments where you kind of didn't know what it was for. And then other moments where you really need it. What mistakes do people make or shall I say, what myths are there about LinkedIn? Pe things that people get wrong. The number one thing that frosts me completely is that LinkedIn is a job board. It is not a job board. Mm. There are many of us who never want to work another job again for mm. anybody else. Mm -hmm. Those of us who are self-employed, maybe I'm looking at one, maybe I'm not. It's uh, you are. all about <laughs> why you do what you do. What makes you, back to the word amazinger, than the competition? Mm -hmm. And if you can't tell it, God help you because I can't make you say it. <laughs> I just coach people, nudge it out of them a little bit. I'm like your football coach or your baseball coach. Just take another lap around and maybe you'll figure it out on the, on the next way around. <laughs> so I am really pushing clients to expand their horizons because we're lazy given our own devices. And when somebody pushes you just a little bit, that person's a little bit larger than life, a little bit more influential and helps other people become influential as well. That's what I want to do. You can find Mark Halpert, unsurprisingly, on LinkedIn. And by the way, it's Mark Halpert, M-A-R-C, Mark with a C, Mark, and then Halpert, H-A-L-P-E-R-T. 
So when people reach out to you on LinkedIn, this happens to me. Sometimes people reach out to me on LinkedIn and I say to myself, I don't know you and your inquiry is very vague and out of left field. And for all I know, you're a robot. So <laughs> that, that I imagine you'd agree is the wrong way to reach out to people. But tell me what is the correct way and maybe what's the wrong way. Well, first of all, like you and I met, we have somebody in between us. Right. And he highly recommended you. And oh, then I you. actually experienced you on the clubhouse on Friday. That's right. Listened to you, liked what I heard. Then I read your LinkedIn profile, got to know a little bit more about you. And then I decided, hmm, this is like this guy knocking on my door of my house. Do I want to let him in? Mm. Is it worth my time to give him 51% of my brain against his 49% of his brain? <laughs> yeah, it is. So I, we reached out to each other. We agreed to connect with each other. We agreed that we have ways that we can help each other. That makes a good start of a relationship. However, if you are in Gambia, and this is where most of them seem to be coming these days, <laughs> yes. by kids who look like they're 12, mm. who have in-mail, which means they're paying for a subscription, God knows how they're doing that, and they're sending me messages like, hello, that's it, hello. <laughs> then well, what do I do? I block them because yeah. I don't have time for this horse shit. Oh, yep. excuse me, can I say that on <laughs> Yeah, TV? you can, it's fine. Uh, uh, I don't have time for this stuff yep. because it's not how we knock on somebody's door of their house. Knock, knock. Hello. Mm. Well, what the hell do you want? Yeah. What can you do to help me? What can I do to help you? Where is the interim person in between to put the two together to help us lubricate the combat conversation? Mm -hmm. So I get this all the time. Yesterday, I last week, I guess, I had one from a guy who said, I can help you on Facebook. Well, why are you asking me on LinkedIn? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And yeah. I've even gone so far in my LinkedIn profile, and all of you can read it, all you can look at it in mm -hmm. my about section. The last paragraph tells if you want to connect with me, there's a magic word you have to say in your connection request. And that lets me know you've read my LinkedIn profile. What are you going to tell us what the word is, or do they have to go to no, your profile? You got to read it for yourself. I'm not going to tell you that. It's... But I'm going to tell you, I rarely, <laughs> rarely, rarely, if ever, get that. Really? It's interesting. Very rarely. All right, now I'm gonna, work. I'm gonna guess it. It's tuna fish, isn't it? Is that the word? How'd mm. you know? Oh. <laughs> no, that you gotta I, spell with mayonnaise correctly. <laughs> I, I'll follow directions and I'll, I'll visit your LinkedIn. I've been on your LinkedIn profile because we're connected now. But you put your finger on it. It's a it's a pet peeve of mine. There's a there's a way to use LinkedIn, and it's not rocket science. You've got there's a reason why if you're like me, you've got thousands of connections. Now I admit. Many of those connections, I don't remember how I linked in with them in the first place. Sometimes I will err on the side of connecting with someone if I think they're interested in podcasting because that's what I do. I want them to hire me to produce their show. So maybe that's a potential lead for me. However, perhaps I shouldn't. It, it, is, is that a sin in, in accepting connections from people who are kind of coming in sight unseen? Well, I would say it's not a sin, but it's you can fix it. And about a year from now, you can go back and you can call through all the people you connected to mm. that it wasn't meant to be. Right. Here's a great tip. LinkedIn will tell you every time somebody has a work anniversary. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that name and go, who is that person? Why did I connect to that person? Maybe it's not meant to be. Right. Once, once a day, you can go through and call through. You don't have to sit down and take a bulk amount of time and go mind-numbingly boring 
in doing that, you can do it a little bit at a time. It's a great opportunity to really connect, coagulate, really condense the very best of the people that are out there. And you're as good as your network. You are as good as the weakest link in the chain. And if somebody says to me, hey, um, Mark, I'd like to connect to you. I know David. So I'm going to call David or I'm going to contact David. Hey, David, how do you know that person? You go, I don't really know. I don't really know him very well. You don't look too smart, David. I don't. I don't. I kind of look too smart and I'm feeling great because I didn't waste any time here. Yeah. It, and and the, the converse of that is is the success stories. I mean, you you mentioned that it's supposed to be a, to facilitate actual relationships. And so you and I met through a, a mutual connection. Shout out to Diane DeResta, who put on a great clubhouse session the other day about podcasting. And so that's great. That's the way it works. I know that you're not some weirdo, and I know you're not on the other side of the globe trying to scam me or something because I, I, I see your name. Oh, that's the guy I met on Clubhouse. That's that's terrific. I, I, I think people miss out on this potential superpower that you have. I'll, I'll just drop a hypothetical example. Let's say you're – so I, I sit on the – this is not hypothetical because I do sit on the board of Easter Seals, Massachusetts. And let's say that someone says, oh, by the way, if anyone knows – an attorney, a corporate attorney who specializes in trademark, we're looking to, you know, take care of this trademark, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Now let's, now I am in hypothetical, but let you know, let's say they're looking for a lawyer in Tennessee. Okay. So I don't know anybody in Tennessee I, that I can remember, but if you go into LinkedIn and punch in Tennessee trademark lawyer, I would not be surprised if three or four of them came up as second connections to me. So that, so now I've got like three people. So now all I got to do is reach out to my friend, Fred over here, who for some reason knows some trademark attorney to ask to make a introduction. And all of a sudden, whoever that is on the Easter seals board or whoever it is that I might, might, or just be trying to help out would be, wow, that, that was great, Dave. How did you know someone in Tennessee? Well, I didn't, but I used LinkedIn. So maybe that was a convoluted example, but no, it's, it's a great one. You, you have leveraged the warmth that you have with somebody. I mean, you mentioned Diane. I've known Diane 20 years, as long as I've been in business, mm. as long as she's been in business. And we've been in touch with each other, and the relationship gets better and better every time we work together. That's what you try to create so that anybody that Diane knows, by definition, is going to be somebody who's worth my time. Mm. Because she's heard me rail on this topic about only connect to people you have vetted or gotten to know through business or some other legitimate way that you'd let them into your house. And she doesn't suffer the fool. So I'm happy whenever she introduces me to somebody. Her colleague, Scott Mason, who also runs the clubhouse with her, another, we constantly refer back and forth to each other. I don't even have to have his permission to refer him. It's that type of relationship. I only get the best and give him the best that I have to get. Let me ask you about, and by the way, you stop me if I'm asking you to give away too much free advice here, because because uh, I don't want you to give away the, the keys, the, the store at all, the secret sauce to mix a metaphor. But let's talk about the recommendations, because I think some people take, you, is that what they're called? Endorsements? Recommendations? Well, there's, there are two different things. Oh, okay. People endorse you for a skill you have by right. clicking a box. Mm-hmm. Endorsements are free, easy, and cheap, like a you know, like a hit and run. Yep. I mean, bang, somebody can endorse you for every single, every single skill you have, mm-hmm. whether they know that skill or not, and they're not doing you any good. 
I have one woman who continues to endorse me for a skill, my skill in LinkedIn social media marketing. I met her before there was LinkedIn. So <laughs> she doesn't, it yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. Right. So, but, and then there's written words over your name and your picture right. where you recommend somebody for mm. a situation where they've done yeoman work, absolutely stellar work. Those two endorsements and skills and, and recommendations do work hand in hand, but the easy ones are skills rec- endorsements. The harder ones are recommendations. So your question. No, my question is, are they useful? Because when they first started, I admit I might've been a little bit cynical about it. And I was like, well, yeah, of course he's, this person's got a couple recommendations and he just asked these people to do it. And, you know, it doesn't really mean much, but now I've kind of warmed up to them because the good ones have details in them. They tell you, tell you why this person is good. And if I'm on that person's page, I'm going to, I'm going to read them. So, so tell me, are they, are they useful? Do they work? And should we be asking other people, Hey, would you mind doing a recommendation for me? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. Emphatic yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Sorry for okay. asking multiple First questions. First of all, yes, they do work. <laughs> okay. They do work. They do work because when you ask for a recommendation, you specifically ask the recommender what you want to be recommended for. So I have this image that I talk to my clients about, and this is not giving it away. You're like a cut stone. You were a glob when you were extracted from the earth, when you were new and brand new. And somebody with skill is able to cut facets into the stone and that stone will reflect that light with every facet you have every skill you have is a facet in the stone every recommendation brings or endorsement brings more light into the stone and you absolutely sparkle when you use the right cut of the stone Mm. so it's all in what the recommender says and if you receive a recommendation and it's not as good as you want or it has an error in it or a typo, Mm. or like in my case, they misspell my name, I send it back. Mm. Because both of us are going to look stupid if I put it up there with errors in it. So I don't want anybody to look stupid, them more than me, but I just can't tolerate that. And then you also ask them to give an anecdote or story where you did that yeoman work Mm. in a recommendation. So it's free form. And basically, you remind them what the situation was, and you tell it in the words that you want them. And they say, oh, thank you, David, for the recommendation, for for the draft, the recommendation. I can just basically put a couple of sentences in the beginning and the end of it and send it right back to you. You're going to be happy, and I'm going to be happy, and everybody's going to think it's great. And it is. Yeah. Because you've managed the recommender's recommendation. Because like everything else you're doing, you're managing the output that you want to receive and put on your profile. And so when people see your your profile and they go down and they're they're browsing through those recommendations, is is there anything as too much? Should we be collecting them at every moment or what? I have a two percent rule, the mm-hmm. helper. 2% rule. Ooh, you okay. take the number of connections that you have. Remember, you've called through the bad ones or the ones right. that don't really make a lot of sense. You're down to the core. Let's say you have 500 really great connections. Pick an easy easy number. Mm. And you have the 2% rule. 98% of the people you're connected to like you. 2% absolutely love you. Mm. Love you enough to put their name, their reputation, and their comments on the line for the world to see that they think you're referable recommendable and employable. Mm. Yeah. If that employable means I hardly recommend this person for the project you have at hand, so be it. If it's for a job you're trying to get, yeah, there's people looking for jobs and using LinkedIn very effectively as an augmentation to their resume. 
then go for it. And see, a resume is just a two-page obituary, basically. <laughs> right. It's everything you used to do as of yesterday, recommendation, everything on LinkedIn, I recommend to you, you make it the past shows who you are today. Mm -hmm. Who you are today indicates where you intend to go in your future. So you have three tenses of everything you're doing on LinkedIn, only one tense, past tense in your resume. So you use each piece of real estate really effectively. Give the whole story. You can do graphics. You can do video. You can do, I have two animations on my LinkedIn profile. Mm. All of these things to show it's a little bit fun to work with me, but I am passionate, high octane about what I do. And I love it. Mm. So Excellent insight. And again, I suggest you connect with Mark Halpert on LinkedIn. Do not. Uh, 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 excuse me. Yeah. Read my profile on LinkedIn. Read his profile on LinkedIn. And then he might <laughs> want to connect with you. So, and uh, again, it's Mark Halpert. Mark, Mark with a C, Halpert, H-A-R. H-A-L-P-E-R-T, get it right, spell it right. Uh, you have, you have a, before I forget, you have a blog as well on the LinkedIn page that people can read? I blog every single business morning at 8 a.m. with something that comes across wow. my desk through my lens about LinkedIn. It could be a LinkedIn issue completely. It could be something business-like that has a LinkedIn moral. It's always something out there. It's a quick read, never more than about three or four minutes, always out there. So every day it goes to my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my Twitter. And it, it's, it's actually on my website as well. Mark, connect the number two collaborate.com. Connect to collaborate.com. The numeral two. How about when I do this from time to time, just go on and see who has searched me. I think we all do it. It's a, it's a nice feature of LinkedIn. I think you got to, you have to upgrade at least to the premium level. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but to, to see who has viewed you. So you see this laundry list of people and some of whom, you kind of know, it's like, oh, that was Stan. He was just, he couldn't find my uh, email address, so he found me on LinkedIn. But then there are others that are either you kind of know them or they're complete mysteries or it pause, you, you give pause and say, I wonder why that person searched for me. How do you make heads or tails of that information? Well, first of all, if you do not pay for LinkedIn, and I don't because I haven't seen the need for it except in rare circumstances, mm. then you only get to see the last five people who looked at your LinkedIn profile. Okay. And then going up the chain, the more you spend on the subscription, yeah. the more people you get to see. Right. Of course, that's the way of the world. Oh, yeah. If somebody looks at my profile in the last five, and I'm really curious about why they did, and that's rare, I'll send them a message on LinkedIn and say, hey, I see you looked at my profile. Is this something I can help you with? You would think I shot their pet when I did that. <laughs> They, feel... they don't want to have a thing to do really? with me okay. because they're scared to death. They never had that happen. Why not? It's a piece of information I could use. Yeah. So I yeah. rarely get anything back from it. My position, and if I'm sounding haughty, if I'm sounding obnoxious, so be it. If somebody wants to connect to me, if somebody wants to be in touch with me, they may look at my LinkedIn profile, but they're going to go the next step for me to know whether it's worth my spending the next step and my time in connecting or getting to know them first. Mm -hmm. So if they're not going to go beyond looking at my profile, and thousands of people look at my profile every single year. Mm. Big deal. The guy in Gambia, he can look at my profile all he wants. <laughs> That's right? what he does, yeah. Why yeah. bother? Yeah. Right? Do like to know why people look at my profile. And I will ask them from time to time. I do send proposals out. And I do like to know when somebody looks at my, my profile as a result of sending out my proposal. It tells me we're making some headway. Mm. So there are some little nuances you can get off of it as well. Yeah, I, I knew a guy who was a financial advisor, and his his game was if someone 
introduced themselves on LinkedIn and just said, even if someone said something as simple as, I'm a corporate executive, we might have some common interest in way we can help yourself. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. He would connect and then he'd say, and this was pre-pandemic, would you like to get together for a cup of coffee and see how we could help each other? And every once in a while, someone would say, my schedule doesn't permit that right now, but I'll keep in mind. And, and to which he would say, well, what the hell did you connect with me on LinkedIn yeah. for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've probably saved the the most obvious question for last. And that is that what what things can you offer to our audience that jazz up their profile? I, I mean, other than what we've talked about, of course, because I look at mine and it's not perfect. I know it could be improved. I try to, I try to have like, uh, like dress up, not dress up the resume, but treat the certain part of it as a resume. In other words, I don't want anyone looking at it and going, wait a minute, what was he doing between 1993 and 1994? Was he out of work or what? You know, I, I want century. Yeah. I wanted at least to tell a story, right? So if people are wondering what I've done in life, but can you offer a couple tips? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Never, 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 never copy and paste your resume to LinkedIn. Yeah. And there's that's, a, there's, there's a way to, yeah, there's a way to automatedly do that. And yeah, I don't see the use of that. So now you're not telling anybody anything except what you used to do. Right. Back to my earlier point about it being an obituary, plan your LinkedIn profile, go at it with a plan, storyboard it, outline it, however you have to do your career narrative, which is what your LinkedIn profile is, is a novel. People will not read chapter two unless they love chapter one. So treat each section of your LinkedIn profile as the thing that's going to make them want to read the next section down. Try to get them to read as far down as you can. No typos, folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no bad grammar. No bad syntax. Make everything parallel. Use the pronoun I, me, and my as if you're talking directly to the audience. I mean, I can go on and on. And I will take a liberty, David. I am giving a webinar on May 18th at noon with a colleague of mine in Europe. And we're calling it Time Savings and LinkedIn Efficiency. She's going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about, ways to find more time. And once you've found that more time, I'll tell you how to use that time effectively on LinkedIn. Mm. So she has her top 10, and I just gave you a few of my top 10 about things I'm going to talk about. So that'll be a free session on LinkedIn events. So really, use this power tool carefully and wisely, because if you use it without respecting it, it's just going to hurt you. Yeah, make LinkedIn your friend. May 18th at noon is what you said is this podcast comes out on May 19th. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I will. You, if you're listening, listeners, it's the first week of May. I promise that. So and so they would just uh, find you on LinkedIn and click on events or how does that work? Yeah, you can go into LinkedIn events. So you can search for Mark Halpert and Yvonne Dam, Y-V-O-N-N-E, D-A-M is her last name. Either one of yeah. us. And you can find our LinkedIn live event. And we're going to just talk over a lunchtime chat. You can eat your sandwich while you're listening. She's going to talk about her top 10. I'll talk about mine. But we're just going to put two minds together. We are kindred spirits. Mm. We liked each other immediately when we met by Zoom. Never laid eyes on the woman except electronically. And frankly, she's really fun mm. and smart and has some great ideas. And I like to think I'm a little bit smart. Got some good ideas, too. So mm. get the best of what we got. I feel like my universe of people that I have only met on Zoom is now innumerable. I, I can't count that high. It's, it's, it's like when, I, when we really start to see people in 
in public and in person and actually shake their hand. I think they're going to be a lot of surprises. By the way, people, I'm tall. You might not believe me. You don't have to believe me, but I'm almost 6'3". <laughs> I'm 6'2 and 3 quarters. So I just don't want anybody to be alarmed when they meet me. Now, if you're, if you're short, not you, Mark, anyone out there, you know, you don't have to tell me, but, but don't be alarmed if I'm surprised and I say, oh, you're short. No, I wouldn't say that. That's terrible. Somebody but, would say about me, oh, he's got a big mouth. Yeah, I do. <laughs> because I'm an entrepreneur. And if I don't talk about me, ain't nobody going to talk about me. I'm the kid who always had the report card. Mark talks too much in class. That's, that's an absolute dead ringer sign of an entrepreneur in the making right there. That, why do you think I had you on my podcast? I, 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 I live in the world of people with big mouths. You have to have a big mouth as long as you're saying something. I say something brilliant every time you say something or at least fake them out to think you're brilliant. Because if you're not saying something unique and amazing or back to my great amazing. word yep. and you're not telling them why you versus the competition you're never going to succeed mark halpert the linkedin expert who will teach you how to be an amazinger be amazinger than the competition on linkedin page and he's a coach you could check him out of course on his linkedin page as we've mes- me- mentioned I'll, I'll say the website again it's connect to collaborate.com that's uh, connect the numeral to collaborate com before we you got time to stick around and play around of good stuff mark yeah sure all absolutely. right in a moment mark and i will both recommend something good for the listening audience for you to check out maybe brighten your day a little bit before we do that let me let me remind you what we do here at the boston podcast network pod 617.com is where you go if you want your own show it's a great way to connect with people out there in the world be they clients pr- prospective clients your network Invite them as a guest on your show, and they'll be amazed at the professional product that we produce at pod617.com. It's radio quality stuff, kids, well edited. We do the intro music, outro music, the whole deal. You can come to our Westwood Mass studios where people are actually coming in person these days, which is fantastic. But you can also do it from the comfort of your own home or office. We'll send you out the USB microphone, just everything to get you started. Go to pod617.com. Dot com to begin get into show business it's the boston podcast network in pod we trust all right let's play around of good stuff oh that's the good stuff now marcus had all of about 17 minutes to prepare for this session of good stuff but when i asked him he said no nope, i'm good bring it on so i don't know i'm gonna be surprised what do you have to recommend to our listening public mark we just finished a serialized tv uh show called there's something about pam oh yes a woman who murdered her best friend it's a real life story but they put it in renee zellweger is absolutely incredible in this if you haven't seen her in a long time don't get shocked when you see her because they puffed her up and they made her look like the actual murderess and I got to tell you, she's an incredible actress. If she doesn't win a bunch of awards and the whole show doesn't win a bunch of awards, it'll be a shame. It's fun. It's funny. It's sad. It's sick. It's mental. And it's all the good stuff that makes for serialized TV. Yeah. And she is unrecognizable in the role, right? Like you said, she's she's large. I assume she's wearing some kind of bodysuit and also her face is just completely different than what you're used to. Yeah. What, what was your reaction going through because the show is i mean it's a documentary sorry it's a docudrama it's scripted obviously but it's a true story and i thought it was interesting the way they presented the tale because and if there's such a thing as a spoiler and a true story this still isn't a spoiler because in the opening moments of the show 
you learn about this murder and you're pretty darn sure she did it and the husband is being wrongly accused of it, right? Did that jump out at you? It jumped out at me. I think what really jumped out at me was when I saw the Dateline documentary about the same murder. Oh, I got to check that out. Absolutely incredible. The actors look just like the real people. Yeah. They really searched high and low for her husband. I mean, she's a dead ringer for the woman who's behind bars right now. There's some real quirky characters in this in the show. There's some real nasty legal abuse that goes on by the DA and, and the police department. And it's all apparently true. But, you know, it's like all these docudramas. It's probably just aggrandizing the fictional side to make it more interesting as a story. I'm sure if somebody actually wrote the real history, the factual history, it's going to be a little different. But you know what? I enjoy getting out of watching the news any way I can. This was actually, oh, let's see what happens next week. Because we're going to, it's only four sessions. It's only four episodes. Right. And they tell this amazing story. And they just did a grand job. I just so enjoyed it. We're going to watch it again. It's that good. <laughs> I I agree. I love the Josh, is it Duhamel, that the actor's name? I don't know. He's, he's been in a lot of things, but... He, I hadn't seen him in a while. He pops up as the the defense lawyer for the, the wrongly accused husband in this case. And he's terrific. And it's nice having a law degree myself. It's nice to see one where some of the lawyers are actually noble in what they're doing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they really believe in the, in the guy and, and he, they really want to fix it. And they see her lying and they see her fabricating. Mm-hmm. And she's just hilarious on the stand because there's this great scene where she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You probably remember that. It's like, who does this? This woman is sick and she needs to be taken off the streets. And how they did it, how she never pled guilty. I don't want to be a spoiler, but you'll see this is is an amazing sleight of hand in the legal legal world. Absolutely incredible stuff. Yeah, and she is completely undaunted by the criticism that comes against her or the people that go, are you... Like, are you serious? We know you're lying. And I love that practically in every scene, she's carrying this huge, like, 7-Eleven big gulp with the straw and just sucking on it, whatever, like, slushy kind of thing she has in there. It's all done socioeconomically right. It's it's middle America, slice of life, the whole thing. Just crazy. And, you know, there's money. That's the culprit. Ultimately, the, the reason she murdered this woman she was dying of cancer, and the woman had a life insurance policy. And she, I don't know how she did it, but she finagled the money away from the beneficiaries yeah. to her. And it's just, it's its fascinating how the mind works. Yeah, so the, I, I love watching this stuff. Yeah, the, the me too. And the, the audaciousness of her scheme. And, and the fact that she actually almost got away with it. I mean, it was yeah. years. It was years before she was brought to justice. I'll recommend a TV show as well. Kind of in the same vein. This one is a, a documentary, though. And I just saw it on Hulu. I don't know how long it's been out, but it's got, it's a called No Good Deed, a crowdfunding holiday heist. And to introduce it, I'm going to play just about 60 seconds of the trailer. So take a listen. A remarkable story of paying it forward is going viral. A New Jersey woman helped by a homeless man after running out of gas. This really was the feel-good story of the holidays of 2017. I what if we started a GoFundMe for this guy to get him off of the streets, even for a weekend or... Just a few days, you know, would be so cool. It was awesome. I was blown away. This was the largest GoFundMe guarantee payout that the company had done, and I think to this day it is still the largest. 
and, and that that tells you something. Yeah, more than four hundred thousand dollars. With a tip. It says Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico are misspending the money raised for Johnny Bobbitt. Once we checked them out, whoa! I mean, we knew we were onto something. Kate, where did the money go? You <laughs> everything. You started the whole thing. You're blaming me. You're blaming me. You're blaming me. You dumb. You're blaming me because a junkie decided to start. I think that might be an unhealthy relationship, but I don't want to go on a limb here or anything. But so, careful, man. So you've seen this, Mark? I know the story. I've seen oh. it on TV through the news when it happened, and I didn't know it was a TV show. So it's on the list. Thank you, David. Yeah, go to go to Hulu. It's called No Good Deed: A Crowdfunding Holiday Heist. And just I won't spend too much time on it, but what what happens is this news story breaks. You heard sort of a bit of it in the trailer. But this woman says she ran out of gas on 95 in the Philadelphia area. And it happened that a homeless guy said, oh, you know what? Just sit tight. I'm going to get you some gas. And as her story goes, spent his last $20 to his name. He's a homeless guy. Gets her gas, fills her tank up. And then she says she goes back the next day with her boyfriend and says, we want to do something for you. Eventually starts a, a crowdfunding page. And the crowdfunding page, because it, it, it tugs at people's heartstrings, this good deed done by a, a penniless man, raises more than $400,000. And then, as you heard, these questions start raising, well, wait a minute. How come the couple is going on these lavish vacations and everything? And whose idea was this? And is the gas story actually true? So I'm going to leave those questions hanging in the air because I don't want to spoil it for you, Mark. Although, it's another story where money is filthy lucre. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing as Pam. It's It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it, it is a running theme in a lot of these. two. I mean, you got the true crime, the murder ones. If it's not about murder, it's it's about swindling. And they're the the Internet and those streaming services are replete with these with like the tender swindler and inventing Anna. And uh, I like the one called McMillions. That was a few years ago, but it was about some guy who had a scheme to steal all the winning tickets from the McDonald's promotion that was going on. And to think he thought he wasn't going to get caught. And you can guess how that one ended up anyway. So yeah, listen, Hey, you got uh, a lot out of this episode listeners. So get on that, get those on your binge list. Mark Albert, you've been a good sport. I hope you had fun. I did. I did. Thank you. I just want to add one more thing. And that is if I can't coach you individually, I can come to your firm, your company, your company, your department. I teach in organizations as well and train with accountability. They all have to come back to me later with what they've actually learned and done and, and emulated. And I also do marketing strategy for people using LinkedIn. I've helped a riverboat cruise. I've helped a couple of guys who did a conference in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, all these ways of finding high net worth individuals on LinkedIn to try to get in front of them in ways you wouldn't normally do it. It's all about using a power tool in ways that really make you powerful. I love it. Your your big mouth is welcome anytime back on this show, Mark, <laughs> because I think it was really useful. Again, the, it's, it's Mark Halpert on, find him on LinkedIn, read his profile, learn that secret word. It's not tuna fish or go to his website, connect to collaborate.com. On behalf of Mark, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Hey.